With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Tour Report from Secret Golf. This week, well, I said last week that it was one of my favourite tournaments on the PGA Tour schedule. This week is up there as well. So we're going back to back with two really iconic courses and fantastic tournaments. A stacked field this week at the Memorial Tournament presented by Workday at Muirfield Village. It's Jack's place, Elk. This is such an amazing tournament. Yeah, this is the best. You know, Jack Nicholas being the who he is, and you know everyone's chasing that record, including Tiger Woods, who won't be there, of course, this week. But Jack Nicholas has been building this tournament for I don't know how many years—thirty, forty years. Diane, he, it's the it represents the best of everything. You know, Jack gets able to sit back. He redesigned this course maybe a year or so ago. Got the best driving range. You know, best food best clubhouse, everything about the Memorial Tournament is first class. And, of course, uh, Jack and Barbara Nicholas are on hand there every day welcoming the players. I saw them meeting and greeting some of the players that came to the course yesterday. It's just a great feeling tournament. You know, we had two really big ones. This one with Arnold Palmer when he was with us at Bay Hill was with us. Uh, And then now, of course, Jack Nicholas. Those two were just the two biggest events. Yeah. Um, last week, going back to the Charles Schwab Challenge, the second week in a row where the eventual winner has come from seven shots back on Sunday, and we've had a playoff. Sam Burns taken down Scotty Scheffler on that first playoff hole. I mean, he he played it to perfection. But what a dramatic Sunday afternoon we had around Colonial. I mean, you had picked Davis Riley. And he was in the solo lead for a little while. There was quite a few guys that were there or thereabouts. I mean, we saw a dramatic meltdown from Harold Varner, who went triple, double, triple. I think he finished like 10 over or something. But um, it was crazy. But Sam Burns seemed to be the very composed one. Shot 65, was in the clubhouse for like two hours, waiting to see what was going to happen. And then he snatched that trophy. I don't think there was a birdie. For the last two hours of the telecast, I can't remember one from the 11th hole when the leaders went through until the end and when Sam Burns won with a 30-footer and they were sort of talking about that maybe Sam Burns won't be able to judge the speed of the greens when he comes back after the playoff. But I actually think it flipped in reverse. I think it helped him because he wasn't worried about all the green speeds getting firmer and changing and everything. He just got up on that last on the playoff hole and knocked it in. But, yes, you're right, my, my guy, Davis Riley, Diane, took the lead with like five holes to go, went out of bounds on the 14th hole. I still think, I still think Davis Riley is on the way up. 
I haven't picked him this week, but we were close uh, watching these young guys try to emerge. I almost guaranteed you last week that a young guy was going to come through, and it almost happened. But there are those pesky veterans hanging around, Diane. <laughs> now, i got to call Sam Burns a veteran now. Three wins, playing against uh, – Scheffler with four wins, what incredible seasons these guys are having. Yeah, it really was. And Scheffler just was not on his game on Sunday. I mean, none of the guys were. And I think it was a real benefit to Burns to because it got really windy. The weather definitely changed and the wind picked up. So he got to kind of sit back and watch the carnage unfold. He, he could almost block that out, had this very positive attitude and then made that huge putt from just off the fringe um, on the, in the playoff against Scheffler. So that was great to see. And this week for Memorial, it's always a stacked field, you know, and guys want to win this tournament. It's one of these elevated tournaments with a smaller field of only 120, more FedEx Cup points up for grabs. And it's just, you know, Jack Nicholas being the icon that he is, it's just you want to have that winning handshake from Jack on the 18th on Sunday. Yes, and I've heard, I hear that it may be a dry week for the first time in years, Diane. Maybe Chief Leatherlips, uh, <laughs> who I, I think I probably should tell you that story one more time. Yes. When Jack when Jack Nicholas was building the driving range, there was an Indian burial ground near that area, and they were told by the uh, the local community there, do not build the driving range on Chief Leatherlips's gravesite or tomb. Of course, Jack Nicholas said, "Well, this is going to be the best spot for this range," so he put it there anyway, and then the tribe put a curse on the tournament for 40 years. It was going to rain every year. And it's almost happened, Diane, all 40 years, it's almost had a rain out. But this year, it looks like Chief Leatherlips, maybe, maybe the curse has run out and we're going to have good weather. I know, but, you know, I feel like we've said that before and I feel like the forecast has looked good. And then there's always this, like, freak rainstorm that comes out of nowhere. So I think that the curse has definitely rained true ever since you told me that story. Which, by the way, if it, it is dry, will bring in a little bit different handicapping situation because a lot of the shorter players, the guys that don't have to fly the ball as far, uh, will get in the game on this on this tournament. Of course, Jack Nicholas. When you go to a Jack Nicholas tournament, Diane, I finished second in this tournament one time, and the only I hadn't had a very good record at Muirfield, and the only reason I finished second that year was I pretended that I was going to hit every shot like Jack Nicholas would. I. <laughs> played the practice rounds thinking I'm going to hit a high fade like he would on this hole. I'm going to try to fade all my iron shots into the green. A lot of Jack asked you to do about three things at Muirfield. You've got to drive it really good. He changed the course a year and a half ago, pushed the bunkers further back so they were in play where guys couldn't go over them. He asked you to play pinpoint accuracy with your irons. You've come in across water. You've got greens that are sideways like jelly beans course he preferred the high fade tiger woods has won there a ton we saw john rahm last year diane get knocked out of this tournament with COVID with about a five or six shot lead gave it to cantlay cantlay went on to win the fedex cup it all changed around this tournament but and you've got to putt well this is the first time now the players have gone north they're going to be putting on uh bent grass greens much quicker uh the pure strokes come through you see guys like cantlay i mean i was looking at the last three or four tournaments, Diane, Rahm, Cantlay, Morikawa, Alexander Shoffley, Rory, all these guys are almost always there in every event. Yeah. So it's going to be great.
Okay, well, it's at par 72, 7,533 yards. And as you say, I remember it clearly in 2020, just as the tournament was coming to a close, you could see that the, the tractors and the diggers were in there and they were ripping the course up while the tournament was still being played. And last year was the first year that the guys played the tournament after the renovations. And it was really met with a lot of praise. As you say, they made the course about 100 yards longer and redid a lot of the bunkers. They regrassed the fairways, the tee boxes, the greens. And the, I want you to talk about this because the greens at Memorial are always known for being you know, very, very fast, small greens, but they completely recontoured them. And, um, you know, it's it's one of those courses where the accuracy of pinpointing your place on the green is more important than ever. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> when I think of the tournament, I think I can think way back when even Nicholas was playing the event. I was still there when he won one year, but I, I think of the event when Tiger won it a few times and how he attacked this course, had a lot of spin on his ball, uh, was able to get the ball onto the greens into certain positions. you got to hit your iron shots really good. Yes, they can attack these par five. That's where all the scoring happens on this course. Most of these players can reach almost all the par fives on this course now. Um, but it's, it's an awesome place. And the handicapping this week, Diane, I'm looking at a few. I'm still really high on these rookie guys that haven't won yet. I mean, there's Cameron Young, uh, Davis Riley, of course, I talked about last, Sahith Fagala who we saw play really well out on the on the West Coast. Mito Piera, who we all fell in love with at the PGA, and Will Zalatoris. Now, I may or may not have any of them on my list this week, but those five, isn't it really um, not, isn't it really unique, I suppose, not unusual that these five have filled the gap so quickly of our, our consciousness when you start to think of Cantlay, Morikawa, Xander Schauffele, we were talking about those guys maybe a year ago, but look at these five guys now. So, yeah. is it going to? Are they going to? Is one of them going to emerge this week? And we kind of have like Scotty Scheffler and Sam Burns in the middle because they've been on tour a little bit longer. And look what they've done. I mean, Scheffler shot all the way to world number one, you know, just won the Masters. Burns just got his third win on the PGA Tour. So, you know, it's so exciting because even in these leaderboards, you still have the guys, the veterans are still contending week after week as well. So it's always a fantastic mix of, you know, this kind of like older talent on the PGA Tour that's been rejuvenated and these young guys coming in and just taking it by storm. Yes. And by the way, we do have another breaking story here on our SG2 report today about one player that will be out there this week with almost like Duffy Waldorf coloured <laughs> golf balls that has got riding all over it. I saw a picture of it today, and maybe you can break this on your brother, Russell Knox, who you sent to the golf course yesterday because it was very important because he is getting ready to be an uncle, and I want you to, I want you to tell... I want you to tell us what happened with your brother. So we, my husband Garrett and I found out last week, I told you right away, that we're having a boy. <laughs> so we were so happy. I mean, we would be happy with either, but Garrett was just over the moon that he's going to have a son. And we found out with my parents, but Russell was obviously playing Colonial and I never want him to feel left out. Like, I know it's such a special moment for him too. So we wanted to do something special for him. So after we found out, I spoke to the team at Shrixon the ball that he plays and they were so great they printed golf balls with it's a boy and 
they and it's a big, in. it's a big, yeah. it's a big, it's a boy. I'll put a picture up. But they um they put them in his locker with a little note saying Uncle Rue, and then it was like, guess what? Open the box of balls. So yesterday he said to me, you know, when do I find out? I'm so excited, and it was so hard to not tell him anyway. But I said, well, when you go to the course. So you know that made Russell go to the course on a Monday after traveling, and he said that he opened his locker and was like, I wondered why they'd given me so many balls this week. So so, um, yeah, he's got these special Shrixon balls saying it's a boy and he said he's going to use them. He said he's definitely going to use them on Sunday. So um, we'll see, but it could be a, a nice little lucky charm for him this week. <laughs> That's a great story for your family. And, of course, Russell Knox is one of the top players. I mean, Russell Knox, you have to consider him every time we go to a course where you have to hit the irons good because he's in the top 10 in proximity to the hole. There's a lot of firepower, of course, at the top of this field, but... Diane, why don't we get into what is going to happen this week at Memorial? Who knows, but we're going to take a guess at it in just a couple of minutes with our picks. So on the Tour Report, we team up with Dundonald Lynx in Scotland. Now, they are home of the Trust Golf Women's Scottish Open this year, happening in July. And from next year until 2026, they're going to be one of the new venues to stage final qualifying for the Open. Now, if you're planning your golf trip to Scotland, whether it's going to be this year or next year or somewhere down the line, this is definitely a place you want to get on your list. They've recently undergone a £25 million development, making it the ultimate five-star luxury golf resort. So you can stay there in one of the lodges, they've got all the amenities you need and one of the things I love about the lodges is they have a practice putting green there. So you're never far from the golf and uh, you can always get that practice in before you hit the course. But check it out. There's all the information on the course and the accommodation online at dundonaldlinks.com. So on to our picks for Memorial this week. We each have an outright favourite, one to watch, and then a dark horse pick who has to be over 100 to 1. And the, the dark horse picks for weeks like this are always great because the field is so stacked that you have you know, bigger names that you maybe wouldn't expect to have such high odds. So we'll dive into them. As we said, a slightly smaller field this week with only 120 guys and um, and a, a lot of big names maybe tuning up their game before the US Open that's only a couple of weeks away as well. So this could be probably the last time we see a lot of these big guys playing before we see the third major of the year. But we'll start with our outright favourites and um, before we get into that actually Elk I do have a name and I'm not picking him as my outright favourite but I think we have to talk about the drama that unfolded last year with John Ram. He shot what was it like a did he shoot a 64 on the Saturday he tied the largest 54 hole lead for this tournament walked off the green on 18 and was greeted by rules officials who told him that he had tested positive for COVID and had to withdraw. So do you think there's going to be redemption on the mind of John Ram this week? I think he got his redemption a couple of weeks later last year when he won the US Open at Torrey Pines when he birdied 71st and 72nd hole. If someone came up to him and did that to him this year, it would. I think everyone would laugh at him. I mean, just goes to show you how how weird it was last year. I don't know what's going to happen with John Rahm. He's had one really good week, um, you know, sort of in the last, I don't know, 20 weeks. He won in Mexico. Mm -hmm. and the rest of it's been sort of choppy and back and forth. He didn't have a great PGA. He shot over par on the weekend. When you think of Rahm, of what he did to this golf course last year, and I have talked to my friends who have been playing golf with him out in Scottsdale. He's playing very well, of course, but he always plays well. 
it's really hard to put together that lower score on this course without putting really well, without hitting your irons really close. Because you could have a you could have a decent day at Memorial. You could drive it pretty good, hit a lot of greens, but not near the hole. Get up, get away, <clears throat> get too far away from these pins where you're trying to putt and shoot 71, 70 and feel like you played great. Now, how do you shoot six, seven, eight, nine under, you know, on these courses? You know, you got a powerful player like Jerome, goes for every par five, gets a bunch of birdies there, hits it stiff on some of the short holes and starts to build the six, seven, eight under round, does it three days in a row. As you said, had a huge lead. I don't know. If the course is firmer this year, last year we've been soaked by rain for the last three or four years, bit more bouncy. If the course is dry, it's not going to give up the scores it has before. So there's going to be more strategy involved. There's going to be more. uh, It's even going to take better uh, shots to get near the pin. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. So who's your outright favorite? Who are you looking at at the very top of the board this week? Well, this is such an unusual pick for me, Diane, but I went through all the history of all this. You know, Cameron Young, I still think, uh, you know, he's a northern guy. You know, he grew up in, in Connecticut. So he's a he's a um, bent grass guy. And I may I may be changing my pick right here as I'm speaking to you right now. Uh, I may talk myself into Cameron Young, actually, because um, I, I was thinking about Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed's had a terrible year, plays really well on this course. Why is that? I'm not sure. But he parts good. He's got a good chipping game. And, you know, he had a good week last week, Patrick Reed did. He'd been playing the PX, PXG driver. A lot of guys cannot do it. I mean, some of the LPGA players have been really happy with the driver, but it hasn't gone over to the PGA Tour where guys can really hang their hat on a PXG driver. He went back to a rig. I don't know if he went to a Taylor Madam. <clears throat> I think he did. Finished top 10 last week. Patrick Reed should play well this week because once you get that little tweak in your game where you get that – get that confidence with a new driver and then play well, that usually hits the spot. Yeah. But I am changing right at the end here. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm still going for Cameron Young. I'm calling him the human rubber band, Diane. He takes it back like that and he pauses and then pow. Got the swing is so online. I just can't see Cameron Young playing bad right now. He's hitting yeah. it so good. Well, I'm looking at his odds, find him at 40 to 1. So that's really good for your outright. My outright is a guy who um, we've been big on for a long time, especially since he finished runner-up in February this year at the Honda Classic. But I am going with the Irishman, Shane Lowry, at 25 to 1. I mean... You have to look at the year that he won the Open Championship, 2019. You know, that's always going to be a highlight of his career. But I think he's having his best season. Three top 10 finishes, finishing a tie for third at the Masters not long ago. And... um, He's had eight starts on the PGA Tour this calendar year. Six of them have been top 13 finishes, which is just incredible. And, you know, he's eighth in approach, 11th in putting. So his stats are great. And he finished T6 at Memorial last year. So, you know, familiarity on the course. So I love Shane Lowry. I know 25 to 1, pretty short odds, but... um, this course could be fantastic for him. And, and I feel like we're waiting for the win to happen this year. So, um, yeah, I'm big on him this week. Yeah, I like Larry. He, uh, there's a lot of guys in the top of this field. You know, the hardest, always the hardest selection for us is who's going to win. You know, yeah. We hardly get it right. <clears throat> we hardly get it wrong when we, we, we have people to watch. But when you stand to pick who's going to win, it's very hard. 
Okay, right. Well, one to watch. I'll jump right in with mine because you've already talked about him a lot, but I'm going with Patrick Reed, <laughs> And it's so great for me to know that I picked him and then you're on him as well because that almost validates it for me. But um, as you say, finished top 10, tied for seventh last week. It's only a second top 10 of the season. The other one came in Bermuda, one of these kind of like alternate events. But it's a Muirfield Village is a tough scrambling course and last week at Colonial he was fourth in scrambling so I love that part of his game for this week you know you talked about the fact that he's uh, changed his driver tinkered with his equipment he's always been a great putter and that's kind of the area where there's still room for improvement but his putting stats are still good he finished 10th year in 2020 and 5th in 2021 so knows the course well, you know, Patrick Reed knows how to win. He knows how to play when he's in contention and under that pressure. So I've got a feeling he's going to be there or thereabouts this week. And Patrick Reed, 65 to 1. So I love that. And he puts good on the fastest, slopiest greens as he wanted Augusta. Yeah. <clears throat> My ones to watch, Diane, I've got a toss up, but I've, 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 <laughs> I, I have picked one this week. One of them is between a member of this course who plays really well on this course, Jason Day. I think Jason Day, I'm not sure what his odds are. You could tell me why. 80 to one. I just saw 80 it. to one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he finished fourth here in 2020. Lives lives close by. He's a member of this golf course. i got to think, is he ready to play this course in dry conditions and, you know, knows this course, probably played this tournament 10 or 12 times. There's going to be a little bit of experience needed this week, Diane, if the course is drier, the ball will be going a lot further which will mean you have to hit a straighter. But I'm picking another Aussie, Adam yeah. Scott. This is when Adam Scott makes yeah. all – we have a thing on the tour, Diane. We say no matter who you are, you play 25 events, you play 15, you play 35, you make all your money or 90% of your money in four events. Now, that could be four wins for a guy like Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods or it could be four top tens for an average player or whatever it is. Adam Scott – makes all most of his money at Memorial. And out of all the money he's going to make this week, this year, most of it's going to be made at Memorial. Okay. And he does it every year. So Adam Scott's my pick this week, Diane, 80 to 1. Of course, we all know how good Adam Scott hits the ball off the tee, drives it. I just think he's got the most experience around this course. Out of all the players that I looked on the board this week, I don't see anyone with more experience than Adam Scott. Okay, and there's um, a real, you know, spectrum of odds for him because we found him at 80 to 1, but he's also at 50 to 1, 65 to 1. So the highest price we found was 80 to 1. And that is brilliant. As you say, you know, Adam Scott and the experience on pretty much every course he tees it up on now. Um, Definitely. Riviera, Mm -hmm. Memorial, those two. You know, when you have this survivor pool game, you ever, ever played a survivor pool game where you get to pick one player each week yeah. and then that's burnt for the year. So, you know, I was in a survivor pool and I finished way up there one year. I had Adam Scott at um, Riviera uh-huh. and I would have had him here, but both, both those weeks he completely dominated both those weeks. 
And Augusta National as well. I mean, he's obviously won the Masters and he's uh, you see him in contention, you know, at some point pretty much every single year at the Masters. And we know there's a lot of similarities between Muirfield Village and Augusta National. So, all right. I love it. And then we're on to our dark horse picks. And these guys have to be over 100 to 1, um, which, you know, obviously we said with the depth of field, you can really find some great names. So I'm going to let I'll you go, go first. I'll go. <laughs> No. <laughs> <clears throat> I saw this man uh, come to a, uh, this tournament last. Uh, sorry, I, I saw this man come to this tournament with his family yesterday, and met Jack and Barbara Nicholas at the front door. Kevin Strillman, Diane, for some reason, just crushes it at Memorial, and I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw him at a hundred and eightieth to one this week. Wow. <laughs> Finished fourth here in nineteen, thirteenth in twenty twenty one. He's always there. And, you know, when I think of Strillman's game, I looked, I looked at his stats. I mean, he, he's having a decent season, drives it good. But I think maybe because he hits it high or he knows how to play this course or plays a fade or really understands Muirfield Village. I'm always, as you know, I'm real big on overlaying why guys play good on the same course each year. It happened to me. I won four tournaments twice. And other times I was thereabouts on those events. In other words, I played well on that, on that course. Mm -hmm. I'm all over Strillman this week. He's his 400th PGA Tour start, which is like 20 years on tour, maybe a little less or more. So 20 events at Muirfield, maybe not, maybe 15. Very experienced, very comfortable. I'm all over Strillman as my one to watch this week, Diane, 180 to one. Great pick, great pick. My guy's 125 to 1. I don't know how you're going to react when I say his name, but I am going with somebody who... Oh, we all want him to get back to where he was as one of the premium players on the PGA Tour. He had an all right week last week. You know, we're not going to talk about the four bogeys that he ended with on Sunday, but I am going with Ricky Fowler. <laughs> this might come back and bite me in the bum, but this is a course he's very, very familiar with and he loves and we know that he's working hard on his game. So maybe this week he's going to be back on familiar turf where he's had some really good results. T11 last year, T14 in 2019, 8th in 2018, and a runner-up in 2017. So brilliant course history here. Maybe this is going to be the week that he's looking for to jumpstart him back into his quest for, you know, <laughs> the world's top 50 even for Ricky right now would be an amazing achievement. So a hundred and what did I say? hundred and twenty-five to one. Ricky Fowler is my dark horse pick. I'm even wearing orange today. <laughs> <laughs> well, his Oklahoma State Cowboys are in the top eight for the uh, for the college showdown starting today out in the desert. So he'll be have an eye on that too. I noticed he had a bucket hat on the weekend down in Colonial Diane, which was kind of cool. Yeah, Ricky Fowler's a He's always participated in Jack Nicholas Arnold Palmer events, never misses him. Very has a lot of respect for the game. Glad to see him out there playing good. Got a new son, I think. It's a son. Is that right? No, a daughter. A daughter. Oh, he, he has a daughter. So uh, family affair up there with the Nicholas this week. Yeah. There's um there's a few names. Um Bryson DeChambeau is still in the field as we're recording this. Um, whether he's going to play or not, I don't know. We saw him swinging driver again on Instagram or whatever he was doing the other day. But he's 100 to 1. 
past champion of this event. And I was really digging deep into guys who do well here and make cuts pretty much every time they tee it up. Ryan Palmer could be a good bet at 110 to 1. And then your guy, Pat Perez, who had a brilliant week last week at Colonial and really kind of fell away on Sunday. But we're getting him at 220 to 1 this week. And Pat Perez has a fantastic cut record here. Yeah, he um, he got himself back into the FedEx picture. He was outside looking in and 12th place finish for Pat last week. Talked with my son, Sam, went up and uh, followed him and Co-Crack and Duffner, all those guys. Yeah, he's feeling a little bit better. Yeah, I'm always looking for that little spurt of emotion, a little bit of what, you know, one more week. By the way, Diane, I think they're going to announce the 48 guys that are playing the LIV today. What are your thoughts on that? And if the tour, I don't think the tour can suspend all of them because if they did, what would what would that do to their next event that they were going to play on the PGA Tour? It would knock out the own tour, our own product. So yeah. what are your thoughts on the LIV announcement today? And will there be any big surprises? I, there was talks of it being last week at Colonial on Friday. And, you know, if the tour are really serious about banning these guys, when the fields came out, what were they going to do halfway through the tournament? Like, you know, disqualify the guys that have already committed. I was having a really heated discussion with someone about this the other day because, okay, there's so many rumors around guys that are going to go. And Richard Bland, who plays the DP World Tour, Englishman who's like, what, 49 years old and and has over the last year really been playing his best golf. But is Richard Bland ever going to win a major? Is he going to win on the PGA Tour? Probably not, right? Might he win on the DP World Tour? Yeah, you know, maybe. The chances are better for him there. But he has openly said that he is going for the money because he's not going to have those chances in his career, bearing in mind that he's almost 50 years old. And even though he's playing probably the best golf of his life, is he going to get to that point? No, there's, there's not really the time for him. So he's made it perfectly obvious that that's why he's going for his family and he's going to make all this money. He's been super transparent about it. I hate when you see the guys doing interviews now like Lee Westwood and whatever and and that's the issue that they dance around. They're not talking about the money. They're talking about like growing the game and everything all the other sports going go to Saudi and have Saudi money. So why shouldn't golf do it? And I'm like talk about the real reason why you're doing this. Be open with us because it's glaringly obvious. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the 48 uh, players that have signed up for this event. I mean, I think we will see maybe a couple of surprises. Will Ricky Fowler be on that list? Will mm. DJ be on that list? We know Phil Mickelson will be on it. Uh, and, will, and will that be his first week back? <laughs> I guess the question is, you know, you can't hate all 48 or can you? Can the press jump on and hate each one of them equally? Or are they going to, uh, you know, keep bashing them until it's over with? Uh, I don't know, Diane. We'll, we'll have to see what the 48 players say, and there'll be a lot of talk about that today. I was speaking to some of my friends on tour. They know it's coming. They know most of the guys that are on it, but they do expect some big surprises today. Yeah, I think that we are going to, and I hope we do have surprises because I, I don't think there's anything wrong with a little bit of healthy competition for the PGA Tour, but... Am I really going to say, woohoo, I'm so excited about watching the LIV with Ian Poulter and Lee Westwood and Graham McDowell and Richard Bland? No, that's not exciting to me at all. So in some ways, you know, to make it a little bit more interesting, you kind of want to be shocked a bit and see some of the names moving across. But it's um, 
I just have a feeling it's going to be a massive anti-climax because we've been talking about this now for what, a year? And it's like ramped up one week and it's all anyone's talking about and then it falls and then it's ramped up again. Like right now, we're all excited. Like what's going to happen? And then it falls flat again. So... I don't know, I don't have like mega high hopes, but I am so intrigued and I'll be refreshing Twitter all day <laughs> to see what the news is. My last thought on the on the LIB, Diane, I think this tournament is going to happen. There's 48 players will play uh, this first event. And like I said, I think the tour is in a very unusual position where they won't be able to suspend all of their members. Let's say, for example, 35 of them. <laughs> Let's say 30 of the guys of the 48 are from the PGA Tour. If they suspend them, they've automatically knocked out 30 guys off their own tour going forward. So I don't know. Maybe it's a fine. Maybe I don't know what's going to happen, but I think we're going to see the first. I, I'm to the point. Here's where I am. I'm to the point where I want to see the first event, see what it's all about. Yeah. Let's go from there. And I also think that, like, say you have the 30 guys and, and say they do ban them, right? They find a way and they, and they ban them that the rest of the guys that play on the PGA Tour, not everyone is going to be in full support of that ban. So then how are they going to feel? Some people could have real mixed feelings on it, like it's totally unfair. And then they grow a bit of disdain for the PGA Tour. Or the other guys might look at it like, brilliant, get rid of them because it's 30 less guys that I have to compete with, you know, who are experienced and know what they're doing. Like clear the room for some other guys to come in. So... Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> there's a lot going it. on. I know. Yeah, yeah. Yes, good. And by the way, do you have a review on the new Top Gun movie too while we're, while we're there? No, I watched the old one last night. Okay. You don't have a review on the new one yet. No, but everyone... I'm but that's just as important, I think, at this point. <laughs> Everyone's told me that everyone, and I mean like every comment I got and reply has said that it's as good as, if not better than the original. And I'm like, how? How can it live up to that hype? So I don't know. Yeah. Are you going to go watch it? I think I will. Right, Elk, thank you so much. We're going to enjoy watching Jack's Place in action this week for the Memorial. Um, next week, it's back to the RBC Canadian Open, which is great, an event we haven't seen for a good few years now because of COVID. So it'll be fun to talk about that. And of course, counting down to the US Open. And let's keep a close eye on Chief Leatherlips, uh, Diane, as we move through the week. Yes, um, we've got some tunes that have been drawn that we've had at Secret Golf for years now that we'll, we'll show you. And um, yeah, we'll be watching out for that curse. <laughs> or not. Sports Social Podcast Network.